The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. I switched to Boost Mobile and got a free Samsung Galaxy A23 5G phone. Want to know the best part? Uh, it was free? Nope. The fact that it's on America's largest 5G networks? Nope. It's the ding. Oh yeah, love the ding. Right? It's all about the ding. It's the dingarooski, the dingarona, the ring-a-ding-ding. Unleash your power to save with Boost. Get a free Samsung Galaxy A23 5G phone when you switch. Boost Mobile. Unleash your power. And the ding. Limited time offer. New customers only. Available on select networks. 5G not available everywhere. One device per line. Tax excluded. Additional restrictions apply. See your local Boost Mobile store for details. I've confronted hundreds of men over two decades. I have been in television for 24 years. I just came to get something to eat. And I have very seldom been at a loss for words. I just came to get something to eat. Men online looking for children to sexually assault. What's the motive here? It's, Explain it to me. I don't no, understand. you're right. No, you're right. It's stupid. It's, it's not. It's an illegal no. thing. Yeah, I know. I did a stupid thing. Men from all walks of life. A doctor. A teacher. A clergyman. You sent pornographic pictures through the mail. Okay, that's a federal offense right there. You know I'm in trouble. And I know it. I tried to get into their heads and understand why. Who's who we have tonight? Uh, I, I want to know who you are. I want to know a little bit more about you first. Can I eat first? Sure, go ahead. Let's see if any of this sounds familiar while you enjoy your pizza. And ultimately, make sure they face justice. You ask her if she's a virgin. I ask everybody all kinds of stuff. It's just talk. You ask her if she's horny. What's wrong with that? You ask if she does anal. It's a question. Question. Who are they? Have they tried to prey on other children? And where are they now? These are the predators I've caught. I'm Chris Hansen. It's hard to believe, but it's 16 years ago to this very month that we did our To Catch a Predator investigation in Greenville, Ohio, Dark County, Ohio, not too far from Dayton. And we chose that area because it was a small town, population 5,000, if I recall correctly, it may be a little bit more today. And we had done investigations outside of New York City, outside of Washington, D.C., and not too far from Los Angeles and San Diego. We wanted to see if the predator problem, adults seeking children online for sex, was the same in a small town. Now, we figured it would be, but we wanted to find out. So we went to the Midwest, the heartland, and lo and behold, there was a problem there. In three days, 17 men came to our luxurious home in the countryside to meet and have sex with a child. 13, 14 years old. 
And we probably would have had even more visitors had it not been for word getting out in the community. It's a small town, as I mentioned. And the detective on the case was convinced, Mike Burns, that somehow somebody got tipped off, not by the police or any government official, but somehow potential predators had communicated with each other on social media in one of the chat rooms. The suspicion that Chris Hansen, Dateline, the police, were conducting a sting operation. Because we had a lot of chatter in the weeks ramping up to the actual sting. And then it fell off. And I remember we had one day in this house. It was a beautiful house. You know, rural area across the street from a farm where we literally went I think like 12 or 14 hours with not one visitor and these investigations can be this way we'll have five guys show up at the same time or within a short period of time and then nothing for hours so I think had word not leaked out we would have had more visitors but still it's pretty incredible when you think about it that 17 guys in three days would show up at a home in Greenville, Ohio, to meet a child. We worked with the Dark County Sheriff's Department, as I mentioned, Detective Mike Burns. Great guy, great team. Local police as well. Perverted justice continued at that point to be our online decoys. Its volunteers went into chat rooms posing as children. And in this particular case, we found a man or a man found us, perhaps, better put, named Kenneth Brinkman. He was 43 at the time, which makes him 59 today, and I'll let you know in just a bit what he's up to today. But Kenneth Brinkman, who went by the online screen name JungleMania20050, to me is a fascinating case to take a look at. Here's a guy who had a big job. He ran the audit department for Speedway gas stations in that area of the United States and had been at the company for 25 years. And here he is for nearly two weeks chatting online with a decoy posing as a 14-year-old boy named Rocky whose screen name was E 91 And... Kenneth Brinkman would tell me during our conversation when I confronted him that he had no idea that the boy was that young at first. He actually told me he was 15. He thought he was 15, not 14. Not that I can figure out why that makes a difference. And he tried to minimize his intent of having sex with the boy. But as you'll see in a moment here when I get into the chat, there's very little question about that. It's, it's very graphic. And his questions, besides revealing a disturbing level of the ability to groom a child, reveal a sexual intent. I don't think there's any question. But he's a professional guy. He's got a real life. He's got a lot to risk. He's a gay man. And many members of his family know that and are okay with it. And why would they not be? It's clear that he's worked the chat rooms before. And again, if it's adults meeting adults, it's nobody's business. 
But when a 43-year-old man reaches out to and grooms a 14-year-old boy, and there's no doubt, I mean, right away, the decoy says they're 14, that's an issue. That's a crime. That's predatory behavior. That's something that can alter a child's life forever in a horrifying way. Let me take you inside the chat here. Kenneth has a profile. Looks like a professional picture, really. He's got a backdrop. He's wearing blue jeans and a dark T-shirt. Has his cross hanging out. Grayish hair, mustache. Good physical condition. Says he's 43 from Ketterling, Ohio. And the chat starts off. Hello, says Junglemania20050. Oh boy, 91. Hi. And right away, the decoy says 14, male. And Brickman says 14 years old? Yes. Oh my, what are you doing on here? He asks. I like talking to other gay people. So it's a gay chat room, right? And again, if it's adults, no one cares. If it's kids talking to each other, it's really nobody's business. But a grown man at 43 years old talking to a 14-year-old, that's a problem. That's a crime. How are you? The boy asks. Doing well, thanks. Then the boy indicates he doesn't know anyone else who's gay with whom he feels comfortable talking. He says, well, there's one kid at my school, but he's way girly. Brinkman acknowledges that. And the boy says, so I don't talk to him. Not that it's bad to be like that, but I ain't like that. And if you talk to this kid, you get made fun of. Yeah, I understand, says Brinkman. Cool, says the boy. I am not like that at all. Never been. Very masculine here. A real man, says 43-year-old Brinkman. The boy says, I don't think I could ever be that way. Yeah, I understand. So what area do you live in? Brinkman asks. You know Greenville? The boy says. Yeah, sure do. Yeah, where are you at? Ketterling, Ohio, he says. Oh, okay. That's near Dayton, right? Yeah. So have you ever messed around with a guy? So right away, we're barely 10 minutes into the conversation. Not even. Six minutes into the conversation. Brinkman asks, so have you ever messed around with a guy? No, not yet, says the boy. I would like to. Have you? The boy asks. I see. Oh, yes. I've been gay since I was 25 here. Oh, wow. How old are you now? Just turned 43, he says. You could be my son, LOL. Is that too old to chat with me, he says. No. Why would you say that? You ain't old, LOL. I know that, but... Well, older than you, LOL. If you were my dad, you'd be 29 when I was born, LOL. Oh, happy birthday, by the way. Yep. Oh, thanks. It was a month ago. He's acknowledging that he sees that it was Brinkman's birthday recently in his profile. And then Brinkman asks, so why do you think you want to mess with guys? And off to the sex talk we go. Um, well, because they turn me on, the boy says. Like when I look at porn. I see, he says. If it don't have a guy, it sucks. You know what I'm saying? Sure. That's like how I found out that I, I like dudes, the boy says. Okay, cool, says Brinkman. What are you interested in trying? What was your name, the boy asks? I'm Rocky. So they really don't even know each other's first name. And already this guy, this predator, is probing about sex. I want to try getting ahead and giving head, the boy says. 
Ten here, Rocky. Maybe more, says the boy. Then, Kenneth Brinkman jumps right in. I love to suck cock, he says. Cool, says the boy. Making out is cool, he adds. What is it you like about it? I just love playing and sucking a man's cock, says Brinkman. I see, says the boy. And I'm sure they like it too, lol. I have to ask, says Brinkman. Are you a cop? Now, that pretty much gives away the fact that he is concerned about talking to somebody who says they're 14. Me? No, I ain't a cop. Are you? Okay, I just have to be careful. It also leads me to believe, having read hundreds of these transcripts, that it's probably not Kenneth Brinkman's first time talking to somebody who's underage. He'll deny this later to me, but it's probably not his first time. And then he asks more personal questions to the boy. So have you already jack off? Meaning, obviously masturbated. Hells yeah, dude. LOL. Well, I guess at 14, LOL. I love it, says the boy. Cool. You do it? Not much. Prefer the real thing, he says. Sharing with others, LOL. Have you ever asked somebody to suck you off? This is the guy saying this, the man, Brinkman. And then he asks about the boy's relationship with girls. This, to me, is one of the most disturbing aspects of this particular grooming process being conducted because he's trying to get in the mind of an adolescent who may or may not be confused about his sexuality, who may or may not have had experiences with girls, but is thinking about being more attracted to boys. So have you ever had a girl suck you? Well, kind of, not really, I see. She, like, put her mouth there, but said she couldn't do it. She said it was too big, lol, and it ain't. It's like five and a half, meaning five and a half inches. So the decoy obviously opens the door for this conversation. And Kenneth Brinkman walks right in. That's a good size. Hell, it's not the size, it's how good you work it. Lol, true, says the boy. Six to six, five cut here, meaning six to six and a half inches. Brinkman talks about his own penis size. Cool. So she would probably run away screaming if she saw yours, lol. And then the conversation turns to the boys' living arrangements. So you live at home with your parents? Risk assessment. Yeah, it sucks, lol. Again, the door is opening. Though they're going to Vegas next weekend, woot. That's cool, he says. Heck yeah. Where are you staying then? Though I'll probably just sit here on my ass. Nowhere, I'm staying here. They said no parties, Rocky, lol. None of my friends can drive, so they can't come anyways. But at least they'll be out of my hair. You live with someone? Brinkman says, nah, all alone. Ah, no doggy or kitty? Nah, any brother or sisters? Nah, just me. And then he asks if the boy has any brothers or sisters. Nah, just me. Me, myself, and I. I see. And then there's talk from the boy about how his parents don't know that he's gay because... His dad would kick him out and that his mother's a church lady and she'd probably try to exercise him. I understand that. And this will become significant later because when you hear what Brinkman was doing for a living after he served his time in Ohio, you'll see it's related to church activity. In fact, well, I'll tease this right now. He actually became an assistant pastor, but there's more to that story, so stand by. Then... Brinkman says, well, I have never been with an underage guy before. 
Hmm, I've heard that one before. And reiterates, yeah, but I could really get into trouble if I got caught, LOL. Jail time, LOL. Yep, truer words have not been spoken. Boy says, LOL, me too. Well, not jail, but I'd be homeless, I bet. I understand that, says. You probably wouldn't like me after you saw my pics, says the boy. And then there's more conversation about trading pics. The decoy sends Rinkman a picture of himself or a picture of a boy. Actually, it's a Dateline staffer when he was 14. And Brinkman comments, well, you're a good-looking guy. And then he makes a request that's very interesting and indicates he knows he's up to no good. He asks the decoy, posing as the 14-year-old boy, to delete his picture, the picture Brinkman sends. But please delete that pic of me. What does that tell you? So this goes back and forth. More questions. More indications of Brinkman knowing what he's doing is a crime. You better not be getting me in trouble, LOL. (laughs) And there's talk of what he does for a living. And he admits in the chat to the boy, yes, I have a very good job. What do you do if I can ask? I'm an accountant and I work for a major oil company. 25 years. It's a long career to throw away, but he's about to do it. And then Brinkman asks about the boy's body hair. If he comes a lot when he masturbates. And he wants him to sneak out for a BJ, a blowjob. Spells it out, actually. And the boy says, no, but you can come over here. Oh, my God, G-A-W-D. I would really have to think about that. You're underage. And then what if you got pissed at me sometime? I would go to jail. Again, he admits that what he's doing is wrong, illegal. And then the boy indicates he's got a lot to lose, too, once again. Brinkman says, I would never tell a soul I was even chatting with you. Me either, dude, says the decoy. And he wants to know then how many other guys online the boy has chatted with. The decoy says, um, three, okay. Yes, you are number three. Did you ever meet them, he wants to know? Nope. How old were they? One was a little too old for me, 73. Yes, but we chat for a bit. I'm too old for you, he says. LOL. No, 73 is for sure. And that chat continues, and ultimately, the address is given, but not before just a little more sex chat. When Brinkman says, pretty fucking horny, that is for sure, talking about how he's feeling. When was the last time you jacked off, he wants to know. I like to save up a huge load, then I can come a couple of times. Brinkman brags. Yeah, I'm hoping to find some action this weekend and dump a few loads, LOL. This is all the prelude to making final arrangements to visit. Don't you think I'm way too old for you? Well, I don't know. It's not a biggie, really. I mean, you're cool and all. And nice. Well, thanks. But I could get arrested if I ever got caught. Again, for like the third or fourth time, he admits this. And again, he seems to be getting off on asking these questions. What do you want to do? Graphic. I love to have a guy come in my mouth, he says. And then he seems to minimize what he's done. As if if he doesn't consummate the act with the boy, it's not against the law. What he's done actually is already break the law through this online solicitation. Says, but then all we have done is chat anyways about what's happened so far. And he wants the boy to come out and say what he wants. I guess thinking in some way that will insulate him from getting into trouble. I guess I'm looking for you to tell me what you would like to do. 
so you have a nice cock, he asks. Huh? You horny, he asks. I wish you were not so far away. That ultimately doesn't stop him from coming over. Do you think it is really safe in coming out there, he wants to know. And then there's talk of what the boy should wear. I like that. Boxers, t-shirt, a little cold. God, I should not be talking to you this way. I cannot believe that I am actually thinking about sucking your cock, he says. It's not like I can't get a guy my age. Well, if that's true, then why aren't you doing that? But he must have an interest in a young man because this is what he's talking about. Just nervous about it, he says. You have not seen the talents of me yet. Talks about the rock and his shorts. And once again, are you a cop or any part of the police force? No, no, sure not. Okay, so are you horny? Now he can't turn back now. He's too invested. He is in that situation that we see with so many predators. They work themselves up into this fantasy of having sex with a child. And they cross this line between fantasy and reality. He gives the boy his cell phone number. He's anxious now. And in somewhat of a broken text, he says, I really concerned because if you not what you say you are and I get arrested, there goes my job, man. Just a short while later, Kenneth Brinkman arrives at our home in Greenville. He pulls into the driveway. And we have this set up, as we do in many circumstances, in many stings, to have the predator come around to the back door. And even though we're away from other neighbors, we did at one point get some people stopped by because they were curious as to what the police were doing and all the activity in terms of setting up the sting. And they came to the door, and it's always a judgment call at that point as to whether I go out and greet the people? Does that calm them down? Are they okay with it? In this case, I did greet them. And they saw it was me. They recognized me. And I said, we're working on an investigation. And they winked and nodded. And they were satisfied with that. And they went on their way. And nobody else came to the house except for predators after that. More about this predator I've caught in a moment. Brinkman shows up. He looks in the front door and he sees Del Harvey, a woman with perverted justice, a very skilled decoy, both online and in person. And Del was great, as you probably know, at either posing as a boy or a girl. And she sort of signals Brinkman to go around back. So he does. And he's wearing like a leather jacket, jeans, T-shirt. He's got a necklace. It's pretty tight around his throat. And he comes in the back door. And listen to this. You can hear it. Dell says, Hey, man, come on in. I whack my toe. Take a listen. Come on in, man. I just whacked my toe on the banister. Oh, my gosh. I just whacked the crap out of myself. Now, you have to remember that this is a beautiful home. This basement entrance comes into a bar area, television carpeted, decorated. The home was built by a guy who builds homes for a living and it was for sale and he allowed us to use it for this investigation. So when Dell says, posing as a 14-year-old boy named Rocky, I just whacked my toe, as you heard. It's bleeding. He buys right into it. 
right? He takes his shoes off on the mat. It's rainy outside. And he starts moving towards the bar, all the while continuing the conversation with Dell, posing as Rocky. He slowly walks from the door towards the bar, kind of checking things out, looking around. And Dell is brilliant at playing the role of a young teen boy, talking about how he's going to put a band-aid on his toe that he just whacked so it doesn't get infected. Have you ever had an ingrown toenail? They really hurt. Oh, yeah, he says. Now, he's taking his jacket off, and he's getting comfortable. And he's conversing in a way that makes me think he's settled in. He's not going to run away. So I'm in the next room watching all of this on the video. And this is before we had an on-site decoy who could play the role of the boy face-to-face. Dell had to kind of talk from the other room because Dell's a woman. So I'm going to walk in pretty quickly here. And Kenneth Brinkman's going to get a surprise. I really appreciate you coming out here, man. Okay, cool. How are you, sir? Okay. Why don't you do me a favor and uh, have a seat on the uh, stool right on the other side of the bar there? Please go ahead have a seat. Get yourself all comfortable? Sure. Kenneth is trying to remain as calm as possible. Got his hands where I can see him. Sits down. And I can't really say that he's been through this before because he's never met me before. And as far as I can tell, he's never been arrested or confronted doing this. And when I ask him, he doesn't refer to Rocky as a boy. He says, I came to meet this gentleman. And then he continues to act like there's nothing wrong with this. What's going on? Not much. Why are you here? Came to meet this gentleman. This gentleman? Mm-hmm. And how old is the gentleman you came here to meet? Uh, he told me that he was 15, I believe. 15? So I try again? Uh, that's what I remember. How about 14? Oh. Uh, now... I really don't understand why saying 15 made this look any less evil or illegal or predator-like than admitting the boy was 14. Maybe he was just nervous, but it doesn't get him out of any more trouble. I mean, it's still bad. And he doesn't, like some other predators, lie about his age. He says 43. And his mind is whirling. He's trying to figure out, okay, who is this guy? Again, this was... You know, the fourth investigation we did. And people knew about it, right? We had been in Long Island, Virginia, outside Washington, D.C., and the West Coast in Riverside. And the Riverside investigation had gotten a lot of attention. 51 guys had showed up. So people were aware, but not everybody had seen it yet. And you came here to meet a teenage boy. Why? Uh, I told him I was coming to meet and talk. Just to meet and talk? Mm-hmm. And what was your plan once you got here? Meet and talk. Just that? Yeah. And you thought that was appropriate for you as a grown man, 43 years old, to come here to meet a teenage boy who was home alone? Um, I had my reservations. Your reservation. But he asked me to. He asked me to. Again, and I see this in a number of these cases, the predator tries to put the blame 
on the decoy, the child. She asked me to. He asked me to. Well, that doesn't mean you have to do it, and you shouldn't be chatting with them in the first place. And now, armed with the transcripts, and you've heard the most damning parts already, I'm going to start picking apart his story little by little. But he doesn't give it up right away. I didn't see any harm in just chatting with him, no. Just chatting? Mm-hmm. Now, do you have nieces and nephews? Oh, yeah. All the way up to 22 or 23. Actually, I think Dustin may be 24. Yeah. Now, would you be comfortable if a grown man came into a home where one of your nephews was alone? Well, I guess it would depend on what their intentions were. See, now you're telling me your intentions were one thing. But based upon the internet conversation you had with the boy, your intentions seem like something very different. Um, I think the last conversation that I had with Rocky was that I was coming to meet and chat. Now, that's just not true. And I've got the transcripts. He, for some reason, doesn't think I'm going to know about the oral sex part of it and bragging about his penis size and the grooming process that we have seen in the chat. So he continues to try to work his way out of this. Do you do this often? Um, As far as with younger kids? Yeah. I would say that, of course, I thought he was 15. But I would say that... Well, 15, 14. I mean, what's right. the difference? Well, right I here? agree. He says right here, Hello, hi. 14 male. 14 years old. Yeah. Oh, my. What are you doing in here? How are you? I like talking to other gay people. Doing well, thanks. So he says it's 14 right there. That may have been later in the week or something like that. I don't know. Later in the week? That was at the very beginning of the conversation. Now... And you've heard me talk about this before. When we first started doing these investigations, you know, it was a lot to handle in terms of an interview. It, it was all I could do to keep my heart out of my throat, you know, the first couple of times. But in this instance in Ohio and at this particular time, I knew we didn't have anybody else who was going to show up in the next hour or so. So I could take my time with Kenneth Brinkman and pick apart his story, which is exactly what I did. I was in no rush. Well, he knew I was very concerned about chatting with him and even meeting up with him. But despite your concern, you showed up anyway. Well, I think because of the way that he was telling me that his parents were going to Vegas and he was alone and stuff like that. Um, so you were just coming over here to babysit him, to keep an eye on no, him? No, I didn't think that he needed a babysitter, <laughs> you know. What I did mean, you think he did need? I didn't think that he needed anything, really. I mean, he even asked me to buy him beer, and I says, no way. Well, there may have been some conversation about beer, but there's also conversation about sucking a boy's cock, right? There's no way to get around that. Now, Kenneth is going to try to get around that, but he can't. And he's not going to get around it in the interview with me, nor in the interview later with the detectives. Here you say, I have to ask this. Are you a cop? Why did you ask if he was a cop? Because of the age. I mean, I haven't done I haven't done a thing with him 
And I mean, look at what I'm doing. I'm sitting here talking with you over it, you know? So, I mean, that was my largest fear. I mean, to be honest with you, I don't hook up online. It sounds like you were trying to hook up tonight. No. Have you ever asked somebody to blank you off? You talk about... Oh, I won't deny that there was... You sexual. talk about penis size here. Yours and his. You know, I mean, you chat with a lot of people in those chat rooms. That's a common excuse. I forgot who I was chatting with. Well, Kenneth seems to think that because he didn't actually consummate a sex act with this boy that he's going to be able to escape this somehow. And in the course of the interview, I can see in his face, in his eyes, that he starts to realize that this isn't going to be something that is over anytime quickly. He doesn't know at this point, though, whether I'm the cop, I'm Chris Hansen, I'm the dad. But he's starting to figure out that whatever it is, it's not good and it's not going to end anytime soon. We ask about his homosexuality. You say, well, you're a good-looking guy, but then you say, please delete that picture of me. Why did you want him to delete the picture of you that you had sent him? I deleted his. You say, you better not be getting me into trouble. That's not well, good. It's not, because... You know, I mean, look what's happened here. Look what's happened here. He's saying it's not good because he got caught, not because it wasn't good. So you have that dark hair. Do you have any body hair? I mean, those are normal chat things on... It's normal chat things with a 14-year-old boy? Did you bring condoms with you tonight? No. I didn't even bring my wallet. I walked out and left my wallet on the dresser. How was the ride over today? How was my ride over? Over here. Oh, it's fine. How far did you travel tonight? Um, I live in Kettering. Kettering. And how far is that from where we're at here? Um, I want to say 30 miles, 33 miles, something like that. It was at least a 40-minute ride, which should have given Kenneth enough time to rethink his plan, but it didn't. And again, this goes to the, the drive these guys have to fulfill this fantasy. And again, I don't pretend to understand it like a therapist, but it follows a pattern. They get to a certain point in the chat. They acknowledge that it's wrong. They acknowledge that they could go to jail for it, but they do it anyway. They cross this line between fantasy and reality and they can't control their drive. Finally, around 13, 14 minutes into my interview with Kenneth, it's time to tell him who I am. And as you're about to hear, he's very concerned about this being on television and what it's going to do to his job and less concerned about apologizing for trying to rape a child. Well, there's a couple things that you have to know. One is that I'm Chris Hansen with Dateline NBC. We're doing a story about adults hooking up with teenagers on the internet. If you have anything else you'd like to say, we'd like to hear it. If not, we're obviously ready to go. So this is going to be on TV? We don't know. We're working on a story. No decisions have been made as to what is or is not going to be in it. We're just in the early stages of this story. Uh, 
that's just as bad as getting arrested, you know? Yeah, it is. That was a pretty standard response of mine. And it still is, because it's true. When we shoot these stories, you know, I do have a pretty good sense of what's going to be on television, what's not, and virtually everything we shoot makes it. But we don't know until we get into editing what parts of it are going to be used. Kenneth's story obviously was used, and he had good reason to be anxious about that. Uh, I want to go. You're absolutely free to go. Uh, and I've been taught a lesson. Take time. I've learned a lesson. He's hoping that this is the end of it. And now in his mind, he's thinking, okay, how bad is this going to be? And how much time do I have before it's going to be on the TV? And do I tell anybody? He's so anxious and upset that he almost leaves without his jacket. He grabs it. I remind him to get it. He goes to the door, puts his shoes back on, and he walks into the the dark night of Dark County, Ohio, and into the hands of the Dark County Sheriff's Department. For a second there, Kenneth thinks he's going to just walk out of the house and get in his car, but that's not to be. Hands up! Sheriff's office! Hands up! Hands up! He offers no resistance, and he's taken back to the Sheriff's Department, where he's interviewed. And I'll give you a sample of what he says there. What did you talk about sexually? Sexually? Yes. Oh, uh, size. He's a little bit more forthcoming with the detectives, saying that he met Rocky, the 14-year-old boy, in a chat room on AOL, dating men for men. But he's still cagey about his intent and claims that he really wasn't going to go through with it all. But he does admit to some of the sexual things that he says in the chat. If he was 14 years old, you didn't care. It didn't bother you that he was 14 years well, old. Depends if you're and you're carrying at... on these kind of conversations with what you believe is a 14-year-old kid. Absolutely. Then you come up here tonight just to meet me. Absolutely. And I do that with anybody going to be online. I came with no condoms, no, no intention. And even when he's pressed by the detective, doesn't give it up. He's going to hold out to the very end. He gets almost defiant, and the detective's not playing here. Who are you coming to see today or visit? Rocky. Rocky? Rocky. Why did you come up here tonight? I came up here just to meet and chat with the team. But it doesn't matter that you're chatting with somebody that's 14 years old. Well, I think the intentions were different. I mean, I know what my intentions are. So do I. Well. Okay. It's pretty obvious, Ken. He still won't completely admit it. He gives it away a little. No, but then he has an explanation. Again, the detective just isn't buying it. I was just being friendly. I wasn't, be I mean, I was not sexually excited about a 14 year old. How in the hell can I be sexually excited personally about a 14 year old? I don't know. You tell me. I can't be. That's why you carry on these conversations with them. Well,. It was an online conversation, and I just see it as a different... I see that differently. You didn't see no harm in it? Not at the time, no. You didn't see no psychological harm in talking to somebody posed as a 14-year-old and talking this way? No. And this is where the detective really presses him. You say it's okay, and then Kenneth 
tries to spin the story about him not even being sexually attracted to a 14-year-old. Now, that's bullshit. We know it. I mean, we've seen the transcripts. We've seen what he said. And he wants to make it sound like he was just going to be this boy's benefactor and come over and comfort him when he was home alone. His parents were in Vegas. And he continues to shift the blame, sometimes, to the boy. He brought these things up. He's in denial, and that's what we see. And perhaps more disturbing is that he admits to the detective that there are a lot of kids in these chat rooms and that this is something that Kenneth has seen before. And so the question is, how many other chances he had? And he sticks to this notion that because it was just chat and he didn't ultimately have a sexual liaison with the boy, that it's okay. No harm, no foul. The detective, again, isn't buying it. Because as the detective knows, as I know, as we all should know, that even having this conversation between an adult and a child could be damaging, even sending a picture. And that's why we do these stories. And that's why we continue the investigations to this day. Again, this was 16 years ago this very month. Just a matter of weeks ago, we confronted a guy just like Kenneth Brinkman, trying to hook up with a child. Brinkman was booked, bailed out, and we don't know a lot about how he navigated this with his employer, Speedway. But we do know that he ultimately lost his job. Brinkman ultimately was sentenced to eight months in prison. And he had to pay a $1,500 fine to help cover the overtime that was necessary for this sting. We don't know exactly what Brinkman did once he got out of prison, but we do know that ultimately in 2011, he moved to Indiana, Ashley, Indiana. And he joined the Ashley Church of God there. And he worked his way up to assistant pastor. And apparently the congregation there is elderly, a lot of elderly women. And he was very helpful to them with chores around their homes and and actually driving them around town on errands. And, And he developed a close relationship with some of the congregants there. It's unclear as to whether or not they knew about his past or his arrest, but he found a home and a job there. In 2014, he was swept up in a sheriff's and U.S. Marshal's operation. And what they do... And I've accompanied the marshals on these, these investigations, these operations before. They target an area and they look for unregistered sex offenders, guys who should have registered, but for whatever reason have not. And when you talk to the U.S. Marshals, who are expert in this area, they'll tell you that, you know, the registered sex offenders, you can keep an eye on. You know where they're at. What concerns them most, for the obvious reasons are the unregistered sex offenders. And somehow they figured out that Kenneth Brinkman was supposed to be registered and wasn't. And so he was arrested with two other fellows. And a press release at the time says, the U.S. Marshal Service, Northern District of Indiana, assisted the Steuben County Sheriff's Office with apprehending three wanted registered sex offenders over a two-day period. 
This is in October 2014. At the time, Kenneth Brinkman was 51, living in Ashley. The warrants came after three separate sheriff's office investigations into alleged violations of Indiana's sex and violent offender registry law. It's unclear as to whether or not there was an incident that led to authorities finding out Brinkman was unregistered, whether he did something, whether he was arrested or got into trouble, or maybe somebody had just seen the episode of To Catch a Predator and reported him, and that could have happened as well. So he got dusted up there, he got out, and in 2017, his 10 years on the sex offender registry, which was part of his sentence from our investigation in Greenville, Ohio, ended. So he's off the sex offender registry at that point. Whatever happened in 2014 apparently did not affect his job at the church. He marries a woman from the church who is much older than him. And ultimately, before too long, she realizes that she made a mistake and claims the marriage was never consummated. She files for divorce. And during that period of time, she claims that Ken used her for money, financial support, and as a cover in the church to make it look like he wasn't gay. And then he gets arrested again. Now, he's off the sex offender registry at this point, but he gets arrested for allegedly assaulting the soon-to-be ex-wife's 15-year-old granddaughter, allegedly touching her bottom. And presumably, he spanked her or dished out some sort of discipline. He was convicted, paid a fine, received three years probation on top of that, but no prison. The divorce was finalized, and, and actually the woman got a restraining order against him. It is unclear where he is now. She complained to the Ashley Church about... Kenneth Brinkman, but apparently those complaints fell on deaf ears. We put in a call to the church to see if he was still working there. As of the recording of this podcast, we have received no response. I'd like to know what Kenneth Brinkman is up to now. If we find out, we will let you know here. And if Kenneth Brinkman hears this podcast, well, I'd like to hear from him as well try to get a better understanding of what led him to become one of the predators I've caught. And as you might know by now, I like to hear from you. And that's why we want you to send your questions to me, either in written form or in audio file. And this week's question comes from Dave in Phoenix, Arizona. Hi, Chris. My name is Dave. I'm calling from Phoenix, Arizona. I've been a big fan of your investigative journalism for many years, and I want to say thank you for all that you've done to keep our children safe. So my question is, has a predator who you'd previously caught in one of your investigations ever held any type of vendetta or a retaliatory grudge against you personally, and then later on tried to find you or confront you? Also. What steps do you take to keep yourself safe from predators that may in fact hold some sort of grudge against you and may try to find you to either harm you or harass you? Anyway, Chris, thank you again for all the great work you've done. I've really been enjoying the podcast. Keep it up. Dave, that's an excellent question. I have had predators I've caught come after me, not in a physical way as 
stalking me or attacking me on the street. But there have been fellows who have gone after me on social media and have tried to create misinformation campaigns, alleging all kinds of things. And this has happened at least two or three times by two or three of the predators I've caught that I know of. And, you know, it goes along with the territory. You expect this. And if you do this kind of reporting, the kind of reporting I've done for 40 years now, and hopefully maybe another 20, it's going to happen. Now, you know, I don't want to overstate the danger here, but I do take some precautions in terms of my activities. I don't, you know, really do anything extraordinary. And if I did, I wouldn't tell you anyway, because that would violate security protocol. Kidding. No, you you live your life, and that's part of what you do. And the vast majority of people appreciate the work that goes into it and the inherent risk to me and my team. And, you know, look, part of it's, it could happen to anybody in any field. You, You upset somebody and they could come after you. This one happens to be a little bit more public with a little bit more at stake for the predators. But so far, the attacks have mostly been online and nothing physical in person. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Predators I've Caught. You can reach me at chris at predatorpodcast.com with your questions or comments. You can also find me on social media, Instagram, official Chris Hansen, Twitter at Chris Hansen, Facebook, and on Cameo. In the meantime, I'll be watching and listening.